All right, welcome to the Crinkle Talk podcast. We are doing a two for today. I was at the Iowa Tap Room earlier and here in Altoona at Brightside Ale Works. Today with uh, the nicest guy on the internet, Tyler and uh, <laughs> Andrew from Brightside. So thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for being here. Yeah. Um, we'll just kind of start off a little bit. Why don't you guys uh, introduce yourself, tell a little about yourself and the brewery and Tyler, you tell us a little bit about yourself and your giant hands and we'll, uh, <laughs> that way everybody can know what you sound like. So. Yeah, uh, well, I'm Andrew Frana. I'm one of the co-owners and co-brewers here. Uh, the other half, my better half, is Molly. She's actually, we're taking turns in the brew house today, so she's over there. We're brewing a uh, our Cloud Slammer, which is our fairly, fairly popular strawberry rhubarb fruited ale. Um, Brightside has been open for about a year and a half here in Altoona, and we've had great luck. We've Since we've opened, we've added a patio, we've added an expansion, another 40 seats, we've added another four taps, we've been able to get out into distribution, you know, in the greater Des Moines area, you know, Iowa Tap from Elbate, uh, peanut pubs, uh, beer and wine styles now too. Um, it's been an amazing ride. We've done a lot of cool beers. You know, the ones that we have here right in front of us are, you know, fairly different. I have the uh, Crane Orange Wheat, that's one of our staples. And uh, these guys have our uh, Royal Slammer, which is a blueberry and boysenberry fruited ale. And it's a deep purple. It's quite a color on it. It's awesome. Beautiful color. Great taste. Love it. It's, uh, I guess it's my turn. So I'm Tyler. I'm apparently not only the nicest guy on the internet, but apparently also the guy with the largest hands. <laughs> apparently, is uh, some of the, the jokes that have been going around for I don't know probably the past couple of years. Well, if you can palm a barrel, yeah, that'll be that'll be later. That'll luckily yeah. this podcast doesn't have video involved, so you'll nobody will have to see see that uh, that stuff. But uh, what I'm I'm really excited about being invited on here with Tim and Andrew and Molly is simply the fact that when I I started home brewing quite a few years ago, my first Isla Brewers Union meeting I went to, I got to meet Andrew and Molly, so beginning my home brewing journey, I had it, met them, and it's awesome to see where things are at now with Brightside, so. Yeah, that's been about four or five years ago, at least now, and it's been, yeah, quite a quite a roller coaster since being in the Iowa Brewers, Union, Iowa Brewers Union as a treasurer and vice president. I love those guys, though, uh, and see them, see them around town quite a bit, and we still love to chat about home brewing and beer and what they're doing, too. Awesome. Yeah, we're all home brewers, so you know, got to start somewhere. But this is a really cool spot you got here. It was a lot bigger than I was expecting. So, oh, yeah, well, thank nice. you. Yeah. Uh, I really like the location too. You have and you got all the traffic from Prairie Meadows. And, yeah, Prairie Meadows, Adventureland. Adventureland uh, yeah, very smart. There's a lot of walking trails right behind here too. So we have walkers, dog, uh, dog walkers, bike riders, all that. Our patio is dog friendly, so um, we have quite a few people walk up and chill out with a beer on the, their patio with their dog too. And uh, somewhat controversial sometimes is the tap room kid friendly. Uh, yes, actually the tap room is kid friendly. That was something that w that was a hoop we had to jump through a couple years ago. Um, our city council was more than receptive of it. It was just something that was, uh, you know, an an older uh, an older part of the ordinances that never really got updated because there was never any need to. But um, we give back to the community, and they realized that, so they figured that it's time to uh, update. Uh, you go to all these other tap rooms with kids, and it's fine. They they enjoy uh, the sights and sounds just as much as their parents. Maybe not the beer though. So yeah, I mean, I was at the Iowa tap room earlier, and uh, there was kids in there, and it just totally ruined my day. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, didn't even the know terrible they were there, parents you know? club strikes <laughs> Jeez, again. Yeah. It's like I take my son every time I go someplace like this. You know, um, I think it's cool that they allow it. You know, yeah. Teaches the kids that you're uh, drinking responsibly. Um, you don't have to drink if you're in tap room either. Yeah. There's food a lot of times. There's uh, games. And yeah, there's good games. We have board games, TVs, you know. you know, things like that. Keep them entertained too. 
Yeah. Yeah. So um, let's see. Let's get a little bit, know a little bit about you. Um, what do you like to do in your off time when you're not brewing? Well, when I'm not brewing, I actually still have a full-time job at Iowa Department of Natural Resources as an environmental engineer. Oh, cool. So, yeah, it's a, it's a mouthful. What I do is uh, I'll investigate uh, polluted rivers, lakes, and streams, and uh, then write a report about what they can do to improve the water quality. And my wife actually has a full-time job, too, as a food scientist um, for La Cuerta, you know, one of the, one of the best... Uh, charcuterie prosciutto places in in the nation and we have it here in south in Norwalk, Iowa and she works there too so um, yeah that keeps us pretty busy uh, How do you balance your time between that? Uh, we trade back and forth so like I said Molly's I started the brew day um, she's in the middle part right now and then we'll probably hit pause here at some point and finish it up and uh, get ready for brewing tomorrow yeah, Nice. So when you're not here and you're not at your other full-time job what do you like to do? <laughs> uh, we like to bounce around between the other breweries that are here and see what they've got going on and you know just network in general. Um, we get along pretty well with almost all the breweries, all the breweries here in Des Moines and I'd hope to think in Iowa too. You know it's always nice to see new ones opening up and meet new people and share ideas and you know learn from each other. Yeah. You guys uh, binging anything on Netflix or Prime or anything? Like uh, that? I've been told that we need to check out Chernobyl. We have Amazon Prime, so we can get that off of HBO Go, so we might have to do that. Um, the Office is always the go-to, but we probably watch that too much. Um, I don't think that's a thing. You can't watch <laughs> Office too much. Yeah. Tyler, how about you? What are you benching right now? Oh. Just kid shows? Yeah, mostly, yeah, with the kids, kids mostly, yeah, when they're, especially when they're not around. I mean, I've got to catch up on what happened with Sophia the first. You cannot connect these things together. Like, what's how they get there? Uh, actually, we've been we've been finishing up a lot. Of, uh, I can't remember. Well, there's a cooking show on YouTube that a friend of mine introduced me to. It's uh, some mates from England, and it's kind of a 15, 10 to fifteen minute block. It's uh, it's I'll think I'll think of the name of it later, and I'm gonna bring it up. But it's it's basically these competitions. They go read kitchen gadgets, and then some. There's two chefs, and there's guys, some are regular guys. So it's a yeah. lot of competition between the guys that are chefs and normals, as they call them. Oh, okay. It's hilarious. Like just. And just seeing them back and forth interact, it looks like guys just like us, except two of them have more of a chef background than the other guys. So yeah, we do love our cooking shows too. You know, if we're if we're in, in the tap room by ourselves, we usually have the uh, the TVs tuned to cooking shows instead of sports. So oh, yeah. sometimes when we come in to open up the plates on Wednesday, there's chopped still on TV. Excellent. Just fun. It's just back to opening up some creativity that yeah, that, it, and what I want to do in my my cooking that. I, or try to do that I may not do as well as them. Well, yeah, we've actually had several beers that have been inspired by secret ingredients on various cooking shows. Oh, fun. Yeah, um, for example, the uh, the basil lime wheat beer that we're, we'll be brewing tomorrow um, kind of stemmed from the flavor combination that we saw on a cooking show a couple years ago. We just built it up from there. Nice. Or, you know, we have ice cream stout that's Neapolitan flavored. You know, we've seen that around. We've, you know, tried it when we were little and Try to figure out how it worked, and you know we take a lot of inspiration from the culinary world too. Yeah, I think that probably stems from Molly's background as a food scientist too. Definitely. Yeah, we watch a lot of uh, Master Chef, Master Chef Junior on Hulu. Oh, and sure. And uh, uh, I've been catching Good Omen on Amazon Prime right now. David Tennant as a demon. It's fantastic. Really fun show. Yeah, recommend that one. So, uh, what uh, what kind of music do you guys listen to when you're in the brew house? Uh, we bounce between everything. You know, some of the newer stuff. Uh, 
our go-to probably right now is Halsey. I know that might be a little bit basic, but we'll always go back and forth between like Bob Dylan, older stuff, ELO, uh, Steelers Wheel. I have to give a shout out to my parents for putting me on that when I was a, a little guy. So that's some of the stuff that we enjoy. Is there a different taste going on, whether it's you or Molly in charge of the music? Uh, not really. I would say different taste depending on what we're doing. So, you know, if we're in the brew house, we listen to some stuff that you don't have to really pay attention to. If we're crawling or growling or doing paperwork in the tap room, we might play something a little, a little more, a little more assertive, aggressive tone. You know, we we went to a couple shows back in the day at Valair for like Shine Down and Seether. So some of that early mid 2000s alt rock too is right up our alley. Any Smashing Pumpkins? We had, you know, we had a Smashing Pumpkins Terrible station <laughs> and it was it was on point. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I, I think they have one halfway decent song. <laughs> trash, they're trash. Yeah. Uh, Tyler, anything else other than Smashing Pumpkins that you like those two? <laughs> nope, only Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> smashing pumpkins. <laughs> all times of the year too. I'm, you're, I'm you're, all over the place. You're a you're 90s basic bitch, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, 80s, 80s, you know. I mean, seriously, a lot of 80s stuff for me has come back around from what I grew up listening to back in Eastern Iowa. Most of the local radio stations played a lot of 80s stuff all the way through the end of the 90s, and I dislike for the repetitiveness back then, and now I came back to, like, wow, there's some really great, great music here that I maybe overlooked for a while because it was on the radio all the time. Mm. I mean, yeah, it's just, I'm pretty eclectic with musical taste, so. Yeah. We have our staff bring new stuff to us so we don't have to really seek it out. They'll be like, oh, have you heard this? And we'll throw it on our speaker system and like, you know, that's pretty good. So we'll change up stations like that too. Nice. Fun. So you got a pretty big uh, variety on tap right now. Is there any uh, certain style that you just love to brew or love to drink? Uh, we love to drink New England IPAs. Brewing them sometimes can be a little bit of pain because they're very... There's a very involved with the different hot profiles and the different grain that's necessary. Um, love to brew. Uh, the one that we're doing today, actually, the Fruited Ale series, we love to brew those because it's such a creative outlet. We've done strawberry rhubarb. You guys have the blueberry boysenberry in front of you. We're going to be doing uh, key lime coconut ones soon, too, for, for when it gets hotter out. So, yeah, anytime we can flex our creative muscles is, are the styles that we like to, to brew and then we go other places, we like to see what they've done creatively and try those as well. Yeah, I absolutely love this beer you have in front of us. It's crushable, it's just lots of good fruit flavor, nice little tartness to it, it's perfect, man. Yeah, it's so easy drinking. I mean, as you can see, I have maybe like a little bit left <laughs> in my glass at the time we start this, this recording. But it just, I mean, the fruits are just shining. It's mm -hmm. just, it tastes, it tastes like it, just I'm drinking a juice. Like I don't, it doesn't taste like there's, it's a beer. I feel like it's a, the style's a great, transition people that are light wine drinkers. Yeah, yeah. Or into ciders and other things too, that because they haven't progressed into thinking, oh, it's a beer, it's a beer. Yeah, I don't yeah. feel like, try these types of things. Like, if you enjoy fruit, you should, you'd enjoy this one. Yeah, well, I don't want to give away too many secrets of that beer, but one thing that we do that maybe punches in a little bit more flavor and aroma is we'll dry hop with uh, freeze-dried berries. So that great that gives a much more authentic flavor than, you know, other other people use extracts. We don't use any extracts in any of our beers. Yeah. But you take those berries, you crunch them up, and you throw them in a hot bag, and it just it gives it that extra layer that uh, just puts it over the top, I think. Yeah, I could drink a ton of this. This is awesome. Oh. Uh, any big surprises or uh, cool things you got coming up for the uh, Craft Brewery Week here? In yeah, we actually worked with Confluence on a beer that we're really proud of. Um, 
it started out actually at Burfest in Coralville. You know, we were talking and we thought, well, you know, maybe a collab between us would work well. And so it's been in planning stages since then. We brewed it a couple weeks ago. It uh, it is a Arnold Palmer style um, lemon and tea um, ale uh, called Half and Half. It's black. It has black lemons, which are actually dehydrated limes and black tea and a little bit of lemon zest in there. So it should be, you know, nice and citrusy and very refreshing. And uh, it's gonna be our first thing that we've done in cans. So we're kind of excited to put that out as well for the beer fest and then for the week after and then have it on tap here as well. That'll be releasing Friday, June 14th. Yeah, yep. What kind of malt bill did you go to with that too? Uh, that was a fairly simple uh, blonde ale style where it's a lot of two row, a little bit of honey malts, and a little bit of carahelis, I think. So there's a little bit, there's this, there's some nice color to it as well. It's not it's not light colored, but it uh, it really lends the uh, the black lemon and the tea to have them shine through, and not get overpowered by heavy malts. Yeah, sounds great. You know, this is my first time being here, first time having any of your beers. I really like this one, but uh, I found it pretty interesting in, in the craft brew scene. You have your mega beer geeks that are going out, standing in line like people were up in Pulpit Rock last mm -hmm. night at 8 o'clock mm -hmm. in line for tonight's for today's release. Love Pulpit um, Rock, guys. Yes, yeah, me too. <laughs> and then you have breweries like yours who I, I don't necessarily see the beer geek saying, oh, they're standing in line for you, but anytime I see that they're Saturday afternoon, they're doing their in-tap check-ins, it's here. So, um, you know, have you noticed that? Or how does that make you feel when you get all these super beer geeks who are talking about all these places cool across the country and across, you know, the state, and then, but they're here drinking your beer? Saturday. Well, we're kind of fine right now being a little hidden gem because we're super production limited right now. So, you know, as soon as we brew it, it's, it's on tap for a couple weeks and it's off. Um, but we do have some pretty cool bottle releases planned in the future. I'm not going to give them away right now, but <laughs> our birthday is coming up in October, so hopefully expect something then. But yeah, I mean, that's that's part of the game is to be able to balance marketing and production and expectations. And I think the people that come in here and try our beer love it and they come back. And it's been a lot of word of mouth right, right now. Um, but once we are able to start getting into the bottle game too, you know, We'll be right up there with those guys too. I'm excited about that. Yeah, I mean, I think part of the reason I really wanted to reach out to you through Tyler here, thank you. And it was, uh, you know, I saw so many people online that I know, I know who know beer, and who are here regularly, and they're, yeah. they're drinking in the tap room and they're grabbing yeah. prowlers and stuff. So yeah. that's really cool to see. So, yeah, like I said, it's kind of a little bit of hidden gem right here, but uh, we really enjoy being that that little niche right now. And you know, we'll grow and we'll have we'll have those same crazy events too. Awesome. I love. I mean, I love the location too. I mean, you touched on it before, Tim. But I mean, every time I go over here, the space, the expansion is awesome. I mean, this this where we're sitting at right now is on the expansion. What I guess considered the expansion, the yep. original tap room. Yep. Yeah, the bar looks really, really nice. I love the the, love the bar handle top. Yeah. on top of it. Yep, yep, yep. Live oak edge too on the bar top is uh, super unique. It's really really cool to sit down and look at and. Just been yeah, coming out, coming out here. We try to we're trying to make it more on our Sunday Sunday trips then too to come grab lunch and come in here and eat. Yeah. Have the kids as well and have experience and try some. I guess especially then having the fruited beers and stuff like that. The summer times would be awesome to be on the patio. So. For sure. Yeah. All right, we're back again. Andrew had to step away to go to work, and uh, he's back. But uh, 
made his wife Molly uh, stay back there working. <laughs> we take turns. So, so uh, Tyler and I went back up to the bar and we grabbed the uh, New England cream ale. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we, we uh, decided to do a twist on the traditional cream ale. I know we talked about this before. Um, you know, to me, I, I feel bad saying this on a podcast, but cream ale to me are kind of boring. And Molly feels the same way. So we tried to just kind of revamp the entire design of that recipe. You know, it's, it's fairly simple with, you know, traditionally corn and, you know, two and six row and stuff like that. We actually modified our New England IPA grain base and uh, used some light hopping and some London yeast to create this. So it has uh, wheat, it has flaked oats, it has flaked barley, um, it has a touch of a touch of two, a touch of aromatic malt, and we used our London yeast, the same thing we do with our New Englands, but instead of dry hopping it heavily, we just you know kissed it lightly in the bo in the boil kettle. And it came out this uh, nice, creamy, still has a little bit of maize character to it. Just refreshing and approachable to people that might be new to craft beer but want to try something a little bit outside their comfort zone. So I think it hits all those notes. Yeah, it's really nice. I mean, if you didn't tell me there was something different with the cream ale, I just would have thought yeah. it was really nice, solid cream ale. There's, there is a touch of graininess but balanced with the sweetness. Yeah. And uh, just a touch of citrus, too, I think probably from the yeast, maybe. But, uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, the way we, the way we approached it, it uh, it's interesting enough for the uh, experienced craft beer to be like, the, the experienced craft beer drinker to try and be like, oh, it's a different take on it. And also, like I said, approachable enough where somebody that might be either new to craft beer or used to domestics can try and feel comfortable as well. Yeah, so I'm... I'm um, one that likes to try everything, you know, I'll try their pastry stouts. I'm huge into the, the New England IPAs, mm -hmm. although um, probably lately I've probably can only maybe drink one in this session now because it's just yeah. kind of a little taxing, you know. Yeah. Um, so I've been uh, probably hitting more of like uh, Single Speed, who's kind of their, I don't want to say middle of the road because it's not middle of the road quality, it's top quality, but it, they're, they're much more subtle brewing factor. And I feel like you've got a little bit of that going on here too, where it's, it's easy, drinkable. You know, if you don't want to think about it, you don't have to, and you can just down a pint and be happy. But if you really want to think about it, there is quite a bit of complexity going on in here too. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Anytime we're compared to Single Speed, I'll take that one. You know, we love that place. We love those guys, and they do, they do uh, their gozas and sours extremely well, and they can do IPAs, stouts, anything that they put their hands on. Technically sound and extremely satisfying. Yeah, this uh, this cream ale is fantastic. Like it, it's I can't say it, it can taste a little more the complexities of, of a regular cream ale. Like I've I've had a lot of a lot of spotted cow in my lifetime. I've sure. had a lot of other cream ales, and just like you said about that, kind of a little bit of grain you get there too. Just push up at the fruit, the fruited beer, whatever else having those back to back. It's like this is just very also very refreshing and just yeah. Yeah, I think spotted cow is kind of a good good comparison here there is a little bit of that flavor you know obviously it doesn't get like the Belgian quality yeast to it but the actual like beer flavor is very similar to a spotted cow it's very nice well yeah, I'll take that comparison yeah. of Brightside <laughs> Aleworks to New Glarus any day of the yeah. week so I'll just, I'll just uh, say that one more time Brightside and New Glarus are basically the same thing yeah there you go so for your money you might as well just you know we only distribute side, right? in Iowa they only distribute in Wisconsin so you know. New Glarus of Iowa yeah there you go yeah, there you that's go. uh you know, we have to brand ourselves as that now and quote Tyler, Tyler, uh, the, the Tyler yeah. Evan, whatever it says. Yeah. 
So when you're uh, not sitting here at Brightside, um, what are what are the beers that you're, you guys are drinking at home on your porch? Uh, let me see. You know, we do have friends bring home brews for us to try. You know, try to convince us to do their their take on this beer, their take on that beer. Um, I do got to get down to 1717 and Hazelic since they both just opened up. I actually had the Newtonian Haze from Hazelic, and I was really happy with that New England IPA. They wish them the best too. They just opened. Where are they um, out of again? Newton, Newton, Newton Iowa. Okay. So they're just to the east of us, and also good friends uh, to the north, Reclaim Rails. They've been they have a new brewer for about four months ago, and he's really doing good things there now too. Um, otherwise, you know, Confluence is always technically sound. We love to go there and just try what they what new things are doing because. I think their goal this year is to put out one new beer a week, so at least 52 new That's beers. That's insane. Wow. Yeah, especially insane at their scale. I mean, like, we can get away with that since we're so agile with our small system, but to have that, you know, 20-barrel brew house with 80-barrel fermenters and, you know, the distribution that they have and try to worry about on top of that. 52 new beers a year. That's that's commendable for sure. And I don't know if there's something changed with them in the last couple of years or not. I was um, kind of always so-so on Confluence, but the last probably year, year and a half, maybe two years, they've really changed my mind. I mean, I'm a believer in Confluence. I think they've done Oh, for sure. I think, um, I won't belabor the point, but I think they've really, they've really uh, investigated the market and saw that you got to have new things. You can take riffs on old beers, so like they're, their double dry hopped South Side or the double dry hopped Des Moines IPA, but their Extinction Event series like that, you know, they they're smart people there and they know what they're doing, and they saw where the market's going and they still need to be a part of it and they're they're still being a leader in that market. So hats off to John and the boys down there. Yeah. Is there anything that you guys haven't brewed here yet that you're thinking about doing the next year? Uh yeah. Uh, so we're gonna start filling barrels here soon, so we can do nice. some barrel leases next winter. We're also um, starting up a small batch uh, sour series. Um, probably going to go with pastry sours right away, just because our collab with Dimensional uh, did so well. That was a uh, great guys, Joe and the group there. Joe, Joe, Shane, Grant—they're all awesome guys. Um, that was uh, Bedroom Eyes was a raspberry and blackberry uh, kettle sour. Um, just turned out great. So we want to do riffs off that style with our own take on it. So maybe a blueberry boysenberry like you have in front of you, but then also a little bit more tart in the back. And just try different things like that. Yeah, that sounds fun. You know, the crawlers I had of that went by too fast. Yeah. Like, I was yep. disappointed it was gone. Just very easy drinking also, just yeah, beautiful color, yeah. Yeah, previous podcast with the guys at Dimensional was fantastic. That was even before they opened. Uh, oh, yeah? yeah. It was uh, open air concept because their building wasn't done yet. <laughs> it was November in Dubuque and that must have been right before then, because they did open it late was, November, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, it was like very early November, so it was fairly early. But uh, I've stopped by there a couple times since, and they're just fantastic. Fantastic beer, fantastic guys. So yeah. uh, I'll say this a hundred times, but Iowa, we are super lucky here to have just some wonderful brewers, you guys included here. Um, just, yeah, this is really cool. Cool cool area, and I like the collaboration aspect that you guys all have. Um, I know, and, never really hear anything like, oh, I don't want to brew a beer with these guys, or I can't talk to these guys because we're there are competitors. It's always, you know, like, yeah, let's go get together with these guys and have fun. Yeah, well, we want to, you know, look, I look at it as, like, we want to make sure that wherever somebody goes, they have a they have a good craft beer. So if we can do a collab with somebody and learn a little bit from them and teach them a little bit of something, then both of our beers get better after that. And, you know, these different guild events that we have, like the Craft Beer Fest next week downtown Des Moines, um, you know, 
we can talk with breweries around the state that we might only see once or twice a year, share, you know, share tips and tricks and, you know, try to work together and say what works and what doesn't. And, you know, hopefully the craft beer drinker gets, you know, better products out of those meetings and collabs and things like that. So it helps everybody. When uh, people come to visit you, obviously you said they already that they can bring kids and there's board games and stuff like that. Uh, are they allowed to bring food in? Uh, currently, yes, yeah, since we don't have food here right now. Um, so they're allowed to bring food in. We also have had really good luck bringing food trucks to our location. Okay. So last night we had the Machine Shed food truck. You know, they do burgers, tenderloins, all that Americana stuff. Next week we have a Euro, a Euro place, Sunnyside. Express. You know, we've we've run through maybe fifteen or twenty different trucks, and they all usually do have a really good, uh, really good turnout, and they all want to come back. So we're really lucky in that that uh, respect. That food trucks have been a big hit here. And actually today, it's actually going on here now. I don't know if you hear in the background, but we're doing a beer and ice cream pairing. So a flight of beer and a flight of ice cream together. You don't have to mix them. You don't have to make floats, but the pairings are. Are really really well done but you can if you want to right yeah, I've seen it happen and uh, I might have to try it later so do you find that the food truck is uh, helpful to your business or do you think it hurts you from having it oh for sure I think it's helpful uh, prior to having food trucks we saw a little bit of a dip between like 5 to 8 p.m. when people when one part of the crowd might go get dinner and then you know later on people would be coming back in from dinner so there's a little bit of a gap there but Bringing those food trucks in helps people sit down, have a couple beers, eat, maybe think about a beer or two more. You know, not overindulge, but just sit and enjoy themselves for a little bit longer than they would have otherwise. Yeah, and you got a nice little patio out back. Yep, patio with a nice view of the uh, um, Prairie Heritage Trail and the ponds back there. And yep, and that's what's nice for I mean for, for us as customers too when we come come through and we got the kids or whatever else and the timing just hits. It's around lunchtime or dinner time. Having that option. For Food truck out there. You don't have to worry about oh, we gotta go get food before and yeah. we can go and whatever time we get there, we plan to be up to get the food truck and be able to go and manage all that stuff. So yep. it's, it's awesome. Yeah. So that's kind of what I was just going to ask you, Tyler. Uh, you know, other than obviously knowing Andrew from beforehand, what what keeps you coming back here with your, your by yourself or with your family? Just every I think like I said I've said earlier. It's been the environment's awesome. Andrew Molly and the staff have been fantastic. The beers have been just. Amazing! It's just everything we've had has been easy drinking, delicious, and uh, I have an option on the food truck patio. It's just, it's it's great. It's fantastic. And not to beat a dead horse, but what do you what do your kids do when they're here? I mean, are they running around causing everybody a terrible time, or are they being nice and behaving and having fun and coloring? And, no, I'm just a terrible parent. Terrible parent club. Away. <laughs> no, we've got we as parents, we we kind of mitigate things for kids having to entertain. So we have them bring their Kindles as options, but the board games are are good things too. Our youngest is too young to play board games, but when there's older kids around with my oldest, she's able to play some board games with them. And it's a Friday stuff we don't at home, so it's a really fun experience for her too. So do you have uh, non-alcoholic options like that for when people bring their kids in? Do you have like a root beer on uh, we're, we're We will be getting root beer soon. We currently we just have uh, Coke Dad, Coke Sprite, water, things like that. Um, if kids bring in juice boxes, you know, we're not gonna say that you can't do that, so that's definitely allowed as well. Yeah. We like people buy. I mean, the oldest don't we don't drink a lot of drink uh, much at home. So here's a good opportunity when they come there. It's like she wants a sprite. special occasion. Sprite, yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's back to having that experience there too. Like we talked yeah. about earlier, like being come to the tap room. It's it's not a oh scary experience or something that's bad. And mom and dad are gonna go have a beer and I can go have a sprite and go do whatever else. It's just 
I think the kids are are just become a kind of a normal thing. For them. Yeah. It's not a, a unapproachable. Thing. I always found for me, um, taking my son like uh, Mill Stream or Peace Tree or even Five One Five, where they have the Peace Tree bottle of root beer. Uh, he always thought that was really cool, you know, to drink a, a craft, out of the bottle, craft yeah. soda, or drinking the yeah, that, yeah. that out of the bottle like that. He, he thought, Look, I'm like that. I get to have one of these, <laughs> right. you know. That's <laughs> really cool. Well, I think uh, I'm gonna have to go back in and check on the brew day. We're getting, we're wrapping it up, getting to the knockout stage. So it's kind of all hands on deck for our system. Okay. But well, uh, yeah, we'll see where things go. But if if we don't get to get back to the podcast, I really want to just take a second just to thank you very much for letting us come in here. I know you guys are super busy, so it was really cool of you to let us come in today. Uh, thanks, Tim. Yep, and uh, thanks again to the Iowa Tap Room for sponsoring, keeping the, all the episodes online and free for everybody. Thanks for the nicest guy on the internet, Tyler, for setting <laughs> things up. Uh, we may or may not be back, so thanks. All right.